0: wait another moment to start your learning journey with Masterclass. Right now, our listeners get an additional 15% off any annual membership at Masterclass.com slash Liz. That's 15% off at Masterclass.com slash Liz. Masterclass.com slash Liz.
1: Previously on Everyone Talks to Liz. Liz sits down with the CEO of the Crunch Fitness franchise, Ben Midgley, to share how his love of fitness fueled his success.
0: Hi, everybody. Yes, it's Lizzie. I'm allowing you guys to all call me Lizzie from now on. All right. Every single successful person you see out there, I mean, every single one, they're all different. We've learned that from doing 120 plus episodes of Everyone Talks to Liz here. But these different traits make them winners, right? But they all, I've noticed, have one thing in common. They hang on for dear life, even when they get stuck in a serious crunch. So I'm not really talking about inherited wealth here, right? That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about self-made stars who started at the very bottom, Say, for example, I don't know, a guy who goes from sweating it out, cleaning grimy workout machines, to then becoming a personal trainer, to then founding a hugely successful gigantic gym franchise. That sounds a lot like a guy named Ben Midgley, who through blood and a lot of sweat did exactly that, started by cleaning workout machines. But how did he do that? How did he go from that to founding Crunch? Let's ask him. Ben, welcome to Everyone Talks to Liz.
1: Hi. Thanks, Liz. Thank you for having me so much. Thank you for that very generous introduction.
0: Well, Crunch Fitness, it's the good, it's the cool, right? I mean, we've heard about this for years. My dad was a member back in the day on Sunset Boulevard. Ben, reach back to, well, I call it January because I noticed in January what was going on in China but reach back to the moment you first began to realize something's going down and what it was like when you guys, along with the rest of the entire industry in the world, were hit smack in the forehead with the with the lockdowns.
1: What was oh, that? Yeah, I remember it exactly. It's one of those moments, right? Like you said, that people know exactly where they were when it happened. We were actually having a franchise advisory committee meeting on the 12th of March down in Jacksonville, Florida. And we had all, a lot of our top franchisees in a room We we just started talking about, you know, what if someone with COVID comes into your club? Because that hasn't happened yet. There's just been a lot of talk. And sure enough, while we're meeting, one of the franchisees got a call, somebody with COVID came into the club. They just called us and told us. Mm-hmm. So we immediately stopped everything on the agenda and you went into the planning around this COVID matrix, which uh, including the franchisees, company executives, and we, we came up with this matrix, well, what if someone is infected? What if you have first level exposure, second level exposure? What if it's a member? How do you communicate? What do you do with employees? So on and so forth. So that changed the whole agenda. And then that night we spent the entire evening, probably till one or two in the morning. Uh, obviously, we had a drink, uh, but working with the different departments, <laughs> yeah. with the different departments trying to get information out to all the franchisees because they don't know what to do at this point. We had to get marketing materials, communication with members. You had to get, uh, you know, uh, information out. Uh, if someone comes into your club with COVID, how do you handle that? It was all about cleaning supplies, too. This was during the mad rush for hand sanitizers and wipes and anything you get your hands on. So we're trying to source that out. And then we got all that done, and it was out first thing Saturday morning. And then Monday morning, the game changed again because everything started to shut down. So then you go right back into this whole different level of planning: how to shut down hundreds of businesses, communicate with millions of members, more shutdowns the next day, all the billing, all the you know, all the confusion, and uh, no one's had a playbook like that before. We have disaster planning, right? It was an earthquake or natural disaster or something else happens in a club? But uh, so you have to apply what you could from that learning or those plannings to this situation. And uh, look, we did the best we could, and. Uh, Luckily, we came out of the other end, I think, as strong as we could have for a fitness company. But it was tricky.
0: Your whole climb has been a, a sort of facing all different kinds of challenges. None, I am sure, as serious as this. But I do want to rewind the videotape or, or Super 8 film going back that far to the beginning. You and your love of fitness and where it all started.
1: Well, uh, I'll tell you. And, you know, sometimes it's tough to talk about yourself a little bit. Oh,
0: go on. I'm forcing you.
1: But uh, I was. Well, when I was in high school, I went off to take a year out of a year off after high school. So I went to work at a ski resort and I was I was a teenager that maybe made some of the wrong decisions. I was more focused on having fun than other things. So. Uh, I remember the night I was sitting in uh, in Vermont at the skiers where I worked at and I looked in the mirror and I had hair down past my shoulders and I was about 160 <laughs> pounds. I even smoked cigarettes back then, and, you know, uh, among other things, I don't mind saying that. Uh, and, and then, but I said, you gotta do something with yourself. You got You gotta change your life. So I went out and just started running and running and running up and down mountains, whether it was snow or ice or rain or whatever. And back in the day, people probably don't remember. You remember those big CD players, those portable CD players, you'd stick it on the side. Walkman. Yeah, big CDs. So you had to bring three, four different CDs if you only liked one song for the CD. So you'd be running along and you had to change the CD up. So anyways, <laughs> I just tried to get in shape and then led me to say, hey, well, what can I do for, for business? How can I get a job doing this? So then I just started to learn about the industry and eventually I decided to go to college, which I never graduated from too. I never made it out of college. And I went out to Santa Barbara, California, and I got a, a membership in exchange for cleaning machines in a gym just so I could be around it and started to meet a lot of members and get an appreciation for it from really the ground up. And then from there, I worked in front desk, I became a personal trainer, I started to manage a fitness department and went through every level uh, that you could in health clubs from single unit operations to multiple unit operations. And I got recruited years later after winning Salesperson of the Year, which was an industry award uh, for selling memberships, sold more than anybody else in the country. This is 1996. Got recruited um, to go to 24 Hour Fitness, which was the biggest health club company in the world at that time, and um, went out there with all sorts of aspirations. And you know, almost got swallowed up by the company. And then some of the folks that I still work with now, uh, Jim Rowley, who's an industry giant, and Mark Mastroff, you know, I was, was going to leave the company. And they said, "Hey, you can't." turn a battleship and you know on a dime you, you, things have to happen slowly so you know you're here to help be part of the change and bring about a different sales approach and things like that and obviously that company was way ahead of my speed but I learned a lot from them along the way and then spent about 10 years there and got recruited to become the president of Planet Fitness which is our number one competitor now uh, spent a few years there. Uh, didn't quite love the culture a fantastic company we did a lot of good there so I, I left there and then took about a year off and then uh, got recruited to come back in here with Mark and Jim and another close friend of ours Craig company and Otto, who I worked with for years and uh, said hey crunch is a great brand uh, it's been around for a while. can you start a franchise company with that so we we of course said we can and then we went in and tried to find a space to put that that business model in and we went into what's called high value low price which is, selling a really well-equipped club for membership pricing of 10 and 20 dollars we up to about 30 now and um you know our sales pitch in the beginning was hey crunch just came out of bankruptcy we don't have any clubs uh and we don't have anything really to show you about the success of what you may do but trust us give us a shot and let's see if it works so luckily some people jumped on board and then you know 10 years 12 years later we've got 1300 franchises sold it's seven hundred plus billion dollar business we're opening about 50 stores a year now hopefully get back up to 100 150 and then um hopefully have a great uh, great exit at some point we've got a wonderful partner in TPG Growth, so it's been a great ride you know very fortunate along the way to have some really intelligent people that helped me out and gave me a chance and uh here
0: we are ben when we talk about being in a tight spot as you grow something I am sure you had to talk more than a couple of franchise owners off the ledge during the pandemic because people were so scared. What did you draw upon to get through that and help them and and quite frankly I'm sure help yourself through these difficult times.
1: Well, one thing we have always done well as a company is um, foster relationships with the franchisees. And that, that's been my personal focus as long as I've been in business. Like I said, I didn't have much of for a formal education, but I do know if you treat people right and you, uh, you know, are on a genuine level, with people who you work with and work for and work underneath you, then things tend to work a little bit more forgiveness either way. Sometimes you're right. Sometimes they're right. If there's disagreements, you'll end up finding out a solution that ideally works for both parties. And that's always sort of been our philosophy. So we have a very, very open relationship with our franchisees. Uh, we have a philosophy called stay small to grow large. So we try to have less franchisees that own more franchises. So we're able to talk to everyone on the network pretty quickly if we have to. So I think because of those two things, It was okay not to have every single answer for the franchisees as something like this came along so we brought information out as fast as possible we got their input and then we kind of distilled that got the right message you had to lead from the front and this obviously right because you can't go poll everybody and see what they want to do Mm -hmm. so we had to lead from the front but then make sure once we put those initiatives out on the ground they work because the franchisees will give you feedback well this doesn't exactly work the way this plan says okay let's change that and let's get this fixed up and get something new out to people. So communication worked really, really well. And then the franchisees started sharing a tremendous amount of information with each other, which is you know something of any franchise or should really encourage, right? Because the strength of your network is the strength of the brand. And uh, that worked out really well. So luckily, you know, we were doing 80% of the things right, I'd say, but at the time, you don't know how many things you're doing right or as well as somebody else or not as good as somebody else. And huh. as we look back, you know, fortunately, we were you know more ahead of the curve than a lot of our competitors. To listen to the full episode, go to foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you download podcasts. Hi, everybody. It's Brian Kilmead. I want you to join me weekdays at 9 a.m. East as we break down the biggest stories of the day with some of the biggest newsmakers and, of course, what you think. Listen live or get the podcast now at com.